George Wacker, the host of the Leah Valley with Love podcast, and today we are talking with Nazareth native, Bethlehem Catholic, and Penn State graduate, world champion, and Olympic medalist, shot put legend Joe Kovacs. Joe's probably one of the most accomplished athletes to ever come out of the Lehigh Valley, and we're honored to be able to chat with him for a little bit today. Find out the first time he got his hands on a shot put, what you might not know about the discipline, his favorite spots to hit when he comes home, and what he's looking forward to as he prepares for another and another Olympic Games. Thank you to our sponsors, made possible in the Lehigh Valley. The Lehigh Valley is rich with possibilities, a proud heritage and bright future that has long attracted makers, innovators, and those with great vision. Everything you need to create the life you want on your terms, vibrant downtowns, charming main streets with surprises around every corner, and lots of open places to explore, live, work, learn, play, discover all that's made possible in the Lehigh Valley at lehighvalleymadepossible.com. Also, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, of course, and Michael Bernadin with Remax. Find Mike and you're gonna find your next dream home. So yeah, let's get into it. Here we go. We're talking with world champ and Olympic medalist, Joe Kovacs. Thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, you had quite the summer uh, overseas, you know, um, how does it feel to kind of look back on that now? And, and you said you're, you're in Tennessee now. Yeah, um, you know, every year, a track season's just, uh, every year it's been a little bit different, you know, especially since COVID and even the year before that, our world championships were a little bit different. But, mm-hmm. you know, for most of my most of my summers, uh, for the past 10 years, this is my 10th year of being professional since I left Penn State. <laughs> Um, I'm spending in Europe and bouncing around different parts of the world. Um, it is a, a blast to be able to do that as a job, to go where people go on vacation. You have to go there for right. work. Um, but of course, you're in that mindset. So I think, you know, you're in that competitive mindset where you're, you're, you can't have too much fun because you know that there's something on the, on the line on the stake. But it was a great summer. It was really awesome to have, like, the best statistical uh, season of my career with mm-hmm. uh, not just throwing a, a PR, a personal best, but also having – my, my, my worst meet, I think my average was 73 feet. So, I mean, that's just like, that just gives me the confidence that, you know, what we're doing is working well and uh, we're putting on big performances all around the world. And uh, I'm happy to be uh, a Lehigh Valley guy who gets to meet some other yeah. Valley guys across the world. Uh, I was at a meet in Bellinzona, Switzerland, and the guy came up to me and he's like, I got a 610 area code as well. And he was telling me he went to freeze play school. So it's all those connections. You can meet somebody in right. uh, the other side of the world that, that really mean a lot. And, and I don't know this, so I'm going to ask, how did you, like, originally get started in shop? But you're a big guy. I would imagine they were like, hey, football is the sport for you. How do you get started throwing the shop? Yeah, I mean, I started as a, a football player. Uh, I went to Bethlehem Catholic. And, um, you know, I honestly went out for the track team as a way to have, like, a free speed camp because I wanted to work on my speed and agility more than anything. Yep. So I kind of started by running the 100, doing some jumps, and just kind of following guys who I looked up to who were the seniors and I was a freshman at that time and just kind of follow whatever they did. I was just trying to copy it and uh, try not to do too bad at it. And one of the seniors, um, Jeff Kositz and Casey Hirschitz, they walked over with a, a crate of these heavy balls to the, the side of the Bethlehem Catholic parking lot where we don't, you know, we didn't have a track, we didn't have the facility. And I just saw them heaving it into the, into the grass. And I figured, you know, I might as well copy what they're doing because I want to be one of those guys when I get a little bit bigger and stronger. So that's how I got introduced to it. And uh, it's been amazing ever since. 
when did you have like that initial moment where you're like, whoa, I'm kind of a lot better than other people at this? Because you, I mean, you won the state championship, you go on to Penn State, but but between that time of you picking up the shot puts those that first day, did you have a meet where you're like, whoa, you know, yeah. do it out of court? I feel like I actually really wasn't that good at it as much as I've I, I learned, you know, the spin technique. I've learned these little nuances. I kind of fell in love with the if I do this, then I get that. And then like my whole career has been like these if-then statements of if I can do this next time I throw, then this is gonna go farther. If I can do this, then this will get better. And I kind of fell in love with the game of constantly, you know, honestly, I think any sport you can dumb it down to being dumb of from football to, you know, what I do is I pick up a heavy ball and throw it far. But once you get those little nuances of like, I'm trying to perfect something and get the extreme and get a maximum out of it. And you find out that all those little details add into feet and inches and distance. That's where you kind of get the addiction and the excitement to keep on going. Like, do you, can you feel the difference between a 71 foot throw and a 73 foot throw when you release it? Like, yeah, yeah. For the most part, you kind of know, um, and, and, and that I would say anybody who's golfed out there knows this feeling of like okay. the best the best performances are actually the, the easiest, right? When things are kind of biomechanically, uh, they're sequential, it's smooth. Uh, the worst thing you can do is try to add a little to it. And as a shot putter, that's the hardest thing because I want to be intense without being tense. And that's a, it's a real hard balance because we want to have all that excitement and all that anger and all the adrenaline. But if we tense up our bodies, just like if you see a sprinter, they always have a loose jaw. We want yeah. to have that loose body because we want to whip the ball, not push the ball. Right. It's like a controlled explosion, right? Yes. Like, yeah. But relaxed, controlled explosion, which is, uh, which is crazy. It's funny. We just had, I don't know how familiar, I know you're all over the world, but we just had Celtic Classic here in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And there were the guys throwing the 56-pound weight and the caber toss. Have you ever considered that maybe one year? Yeah, I actually got invited to go to the World Championships over in Scotland for them um, this, this yeah. past year. And I know a lot of the guys who do the one in Bethlehem to help the Classic. So there's definitely a lot of crossover. Some of the best um, Highland game athletes came to be, you know, former shot putters, former discus throwers sure. from college. So there's a, there's quite a bit of carryover there. And I think if I... If I ever hopped into the Celtic Classic, I'd hold my own pretty well, especially with the stone throws. I don't know how well I do with the caber, but everything else, uh, I think I do yeah. all right. The, the caber just seems like one of those beasts, you know, it, like <laughs> you have to balance it first and then get it going. So that's tough. Um, you know, you go on to Penn State. You, you have an amazing career there. You go through the worlds you've had. You had a coach for a very long time, but now your wife is, is your, your coach since I think 2019. Yep. How is that? Like, how is that um, relationship, you know, coach and, and, and athlete and, and wife and husband? Yeah, I mean, I, I, tell, I tell most guys, I mean, especially like your significant other, your wife is always kind of in charge anyway, so it's not too much different yeah. when, I go to, when I go to work or I go there. But it's been a heck of an advantage for me because I think, well, I mean, she's a really good coach. She's not, she, sure. besides myself, she brought uh, some collegiate girls to the Olympics last year. She brought... I think four girls to the world championships this last year. So she's bringing really good athletes and she knows what she's doing. But for me, I think the biggest advantage is she gets to see me and know me before I even get to practice. So she's kind of making those audibles, um, especially with a lot of what I do is a lot to do with the weight room and being strong. And sometimes 
my central nervous system so far down. I have that glassy eye look where I'm kind of staring off into the distance before I even start the day. So she can already see that the day is going to be a little bit more useless. It's, it's better yeah. to go relax and uh, recover for the next day than it is to try to push through something and pay for it two weeks later. And what is that training like um, for an athlete at your level? Are you in the weight room as much time as you're working on technique? Is it kind of change with depending on the part of the year that you're you're getting ready for? I'm assuming now it's a lot different than it was two months ago when you're just maintaining. Sure, I mean like the the real thick of it, like what you know what I did two months ago is is the result of what I did last fall, and now what I'm about to go this fall, which I call the fall, which is really starts now until maybe even like February, depending if you don't do the indoor season, but that's where you're kind of training to build the engine. Like you want to be a Mack truck. You want to be powerful. That's, that's the most important time of the year where you're trying to build the engine. And then after that point you start doing like, so, I mean, the, the squat, the deadlift, right. um, the bench press, kind of more of like a power lifter, but you've got to keep the mobility. And then after that, you train a little bit more like Olympic weightlifter where you're doing the clean, the snatch, the jerk, which is a little bit more explosive movements. And then you kind of worry about the shot, but everything's kind of staying in place all the time. You always are, you know, I never want to get too bound up like a power lifter where I can't touch my toes. Um, but I gotta, I gotta be at least, you know, in the, in the top, the top 10 in the world of, of overall strength at all times of year. I mean, there's a little bit of ballet to it too. You know, your footwork has to be elite. You know, it isn't just you're going up there with this heavy ball and throwing it. There, there's so much more to it. What what are maybe one or two things that people would be surprised to know about shot put or what you do? I think one of the biggest surprises I always will tell people I don't ever push the ball, and everybody wants to see like I'm throwing the ball or I'm using my body to push the ball. But um, just like the golf analogy, like the bend inside of the golf club, I, I want to whip my body. So I do this with little kids. I'll have them put their hand on their their leg of this and, and go as hard as they can with their finger. And that's all they got. But if you pull this back and whip it, right. that's so much stronger. That's so much more powerful. So, yeah, I, I want to be strong. But I, essentially, like if you ever see some of the weight room, they have the little red bands. And then they get the big, thick blue bands. I want to be strong because I want my body covered in big blue bands. Right? But I, it's not like I'm actually grinding and pushing because that's actually slow. Everything that we do is a reaction. So I think that's one of the biggest things that people are surprised at because they think you just want to be who is ever the strongest. And yeah, that helps. Don't get me wrong, that helps. But uh, at the end of the mm -hmm. day, if you can whip the ball, that's the one that goes the farthest. Just like any golfer knows that the, if you can get that club to bend, that's going to be your farthest drive of the day. Right. And you had that, like you had that good feeling when you release, you know, that like that is going somewhere. I know I, I did it far. Yes, um, for sure. You were just on the cover of Track and Field News. Like, I know that you've accomplished a lot of other things, but that's got to be pretty cool. Like, what was that experience like? It's really cool because, I mean, this is my second time on the cover. And I okay. think I think the the first time, I would say, like, the first half of my career, I was on my my way up. And, you know, it kind of just seemed like it was, it was part of that. You're excited about everything. And I, I think now, especially after the 2000. Uh, 19, 18, 19 year when um, right. you know, I thought about being done and moving on and um, I had some other job opportunities I thought about pursuing. Um, I think I kind of had like a whole new chapter of my life open up with this part of my career. So it's kind of not only awesome for me to like be on that cover, but it's awesome for me to think of like the decision made to stick with it 
And now I'm back on the cover. I'm throwing a VR. I'm through 23 meters. So yeah. all these things that, you know, I could have walked away from and I'm, I'm doing the best I've ever had before. So it's pretty surreal to see it all come together. Yeah. What? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. You're, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be training for this next year and that you're going to let the future be the future. But what, what kind of things are you looking forward to maybe post-career? Yeah, I think that's uh, the, I got the biggest thing happening life-changing in about a month and a half from now. So my wife is pregnant with twins. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. So, yeah, so the end of October, early November, I mean, that's going to be a big change in my life and for <laughs> both of our day-to-days. So I think becoming right. a dad... <laughs> It will be a, a whole new chapter and a whole a whole new uh, day to day. And I, I know there will be some some tired nights and of those yeah. to get through that. But that's the one I'm, I'm probably most excited for. Sure. I think as my athletic career goes for, I think it's I become really good at adapting. And I think mm-hmm. you know with adding kids to the mix with this, I got to be able to learn how to adapt with new schedules and new routines to not only stay at the level I'm at, but to keep on pushing that. Through the probably the 24 Olympics for sure, that's definitely a go. Uh, the 28 Olympics, them being in Los Angeles, in the United States, I think it's definitely a go. And I think yeah. probably ultimately um, staying healthy and staying mobile, the, the 2032 Olympics would be probably my last one I could I would think about going for, which is pretty far away from now. But uh, I think it, you know, I think more and more that if you can train smart and you kind of yeah. get better with age and you can you can keep mobile. Uh, you can do better than you ever have. Well, I mean, you look at Tom Brady, right? I mean, who's yep. who's forty five, playing at the highest level. What well, I mean, this is something I don't know. Um, as a shot putter goes, you know, can they throw into your forties? Is it, I mean, yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Um, the guys before me, who I like, I would say like were the big three guys when I was in high school. Um, they all kind of retired around thirty eight to forty ish. Okay. Um, you know, we're the op- we're not like gymnastics where you hit a teenage year and you're almost right. done in that sport. We can kind of get better with age as long as you know you can keep your strength levels up, but most importantly, your mobility. So, like the first half of your career, you're trying to get super strong, and now this next half of your career, you're, you're already kind of super strong. So you got to keep. Mm-hmm. I find myself warming up more, stretching more, doing sure. those things that I didn't have to do when I was younger, um, a little bit more. But I think there's. There's a there's a good part of that statistical age. They used to say between 32 and 34 for the shot players of the past, but I think that we'll we'll see a we'll see some more throws come out. There you go. Speaking of working from home, my wife just got home, so that's why the dog's freaking. <laughs> but it's great. Um, a couple like you've won so many great things. I mean, world championships, Olympic medals. Is there one that stands out to you? No, yeah, really I, think, I think my, my favorite is definitely the Doha 2019 World Championships. Um, and like everybody thinks because I won that one. Um, but it's mostly because that earlier that season is when I thought about, you know, kind of being done. And it wasn't like a sad, like I'm sad to move on. It was kind of an excitement but, to, yeah. you know, finally have a, a different career path than what I was doing. And I, I really thought about being done. I had some rough indoor season and that's when my wife kind of really took over and she said, you're just going to listen to me because I'm tired of watching you not do well. And I know, I know what you need to do. And it, from that indoor season, she cleaned me up. I did pretty well. got back over 70 feet by the outdoor season. I didn't have any crazy far marks, but I started to see my warmups and my fouls starting to go far, even though the, okay. the meets weren't going well. And as a shot putter, I'm essentially like a human cannon. 
So like you, you're kind of useless if you don't fire. Like I have to stay in the ring for it to be a legal throw. But if I don't see the ball going far at all, it kind of that's that's where it kind of starts sitting. Like maybe this is the end for me. Um, so this, to be on that roller coaster of that low in the beginning of that season to end up with the statistically best track and field competition of all time, I won with a huge PR by one yeah. centimeter between first and third place. Crazy. It's one of those like. I think people are going to write, you know, I think Malcolm Gladwell is actually going to write a book about the statistical anomaly of ha what happened that day. Cause it was so, you know, it's never happened before in a sport like track and field. It's all statistics. And it's just amazing. Like the level of athlete, you know, you get to you guys, the top of the top and yeah, you're beating each other out sometimes by that. And it's just, it is wild to see. I love it. Um, couple, I don't want to keep it forever, but a couple more questions. Favorite venue besides Doha, unless it is Doha. The favorite venue you've ever thrown at that you just really like, I don't know, throwing there. Yeah, I, I think as a shot player, it's um we love street competitions. That's one of the best yeah, parts yeah. of our events is because they use this as a promotion for maybe what's going on in the track the next day. So the day before, because we only take up about, you know, our shot puts going 76, 78 feet plus the rain. So call it about 100 feet. That's not that much space. So we've thrown inside the train stations. I've thrown in front of the Sacramento State Capitol, uh, Buckingham Palace. I just threw uh, my last meet was downtown in Zurich in, the, in their main right. plaza. So like that, those street competitions those are by far our favorite because not only are we, you know, you have the energy because the crowd's there. Even if the people don't know much about the shot put, they're drinking beers, they're having fun, they're getting rowdy. Whoever's kind of yelling the loudest and has the most chalk, that's the one that they're going to cheer for. So that's what right. I go for. But those are the best competitions for me because you get the, you get you get people involved, and that's the best part. Right, because I mean, when you're in a big stadium, it's I got it's got to be deafening. But to have those people kind of next to you and and having fun with it. Like, you know, the Lehigh Valley, we're a big fest area. Mm -hmm. That would be a fun event if we, you know, if it could ever be pulled off. That would be amazing. I, I'd love to bring it back. Um, that's, I think that's one of my plans as, as I get to this, like, second half of my career is to start, you know, giving back to the sport that kind of helped you here and hosting sure. some competitions. I'm going to try to do one at, like, the Arnold Sports Classic in Columbus um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of those, those strength festivals. But then also, I think you know some some things in like you know Bethlehem Arts Fest or, uh, yeah. or even Music Fest. That, you know, there there could be a uh, uh, that could be a real fun time just to you know get a couple people to come in. We don't take up that much space. Put the beer tent around us, and uh, everybody will and have a good time. And you're watching like world caliber. That's why it's so fun, you know. And and because we we appreciate you, you know, your hometown guy. So it'd be uh, that'd be so neat. I'm going to do whatever I can to see if we can make that happen for Music Fest. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. Speaking of the Lehigh Valley, what what do you do, you know, when, when you have some time off and you're able to visit family um, in the area? Besides visiting family, of course, are there some things that you try to, to do when you're in the area? Well, when I get back to Nazareth, I think the first thing I always do is, like, I go to Wrestlers. Uh, they're, they're, it's a, it's sure. a, a little market. I get a, a sub and hoagie there. It's, like, one of those things that, like, if you gave it to somebody, they'd be like, oh, this is pretty good. But, like, I grew up on those little pre-packed mm -hmm. shows. You, whenever we go on a trip, you'd stop there, throw in a cooler, take a ride. Uh, the Nazareth Diner, Primo's Hoagies, as soon as I land at the airport in Lehigh Valley, I have my parents hop, hop in. We're getting a turkey shortsy. Um, Love it. Those are kind of my go-tos. And, of course, one of my best friends, uh, Kenny Rampola, he owns the Lost Tavern Brewery yeah. in Florida Town. Uh, I was just there so this I, morning. I mean, I wasn't drinking. I had a meeting there. 
But yeah, it was just there this morning. Lost Tavern is great in yep. Hellertown, and they're on Main Street too. Yeah, yeah, we got both, both locations. So uh, I always got to stop there, and you know, it, it's been amazing to see how how they started, and now I see all the cans of different ones they've had, and, and how they're just taking off. And um, I think it's really cool because they have the food trucks there, so it's always you're getting good beer every time, but you're also getting different food all the time too. Have they made a Joe Kovacs beer yet? I mean, they have. So after, they have, after all right, good. Yeah, after they call it Muddy Joe. It was like a really strong Hefeweizen. And uh, I'll tell you, the best part of it was like, not only did it taste really good, that was on the can. I feel sure. like I have the can somewhere in my office. Here. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't throw but, that away, right? But, uh, but the, the best part was like, nobody knew how strong it was. So everybody was just like drinking beers like they were normal and they were <laughs> strong. So I saw a lot of aunts and uncles having a good time because they, they weren't ready for it. They're like, this was shot put his drink. This is the good stuff. So, right? <laughs> so I kind of to wind, wind it down here, what – what is your immediate next thing? I mean, I know you're training for indoor. Is that what you're kind of looking forward to? And, and of course, the, the birth of your children. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Looking forward to that. But are you, are you just kind of getting ready to to take a little time off and get right into it? or? Yeah. So, I mean, I think because um, I'm actually like normally I take a little time off the season. I'm actually jumping right back into things because I know in November when the babies come, I'm going to be taking yeah. a little time off then. So I'm trying to do a little bit more now so I can kind of push that time off. Um, I normally skip the indoor season because to be honest, it's not really that much of a, a prize money difference. It, it, gotcha. It's not much. It's, it's good exposure. I love doing the Melrose games up in New York city because my family can come see it. But really next season we have a world championships in Budapest, Hungary. My last name Kovacs, my grandfather's Hungarian. I have a lot of family over there. So I want to not only make that team, but be able to go back there and have the family go crazy and, uh, and win the gold medal there. And of course, preparation for Paris in 2024. Um, every year, every, as a, any, I think any Olympic athlete, that looming four-year quad, this year it's only three years because we got pushed back because of COVID right. in 2021. Um, it's just, you know, you have all these things that are important along the way. But you know, everybody has their TVs on for the Olympics, so that's the one you got to be there and make sure you're on the team for, and come back for some hardware. Absolutely. Well, Joe, from on behalf, I'm going to say it on behalf of the entire Lehigh Valley. You know, we're so proud of you. Uh, it's, it's just fantastic to kind of follow along. Uh, I I love your social media. The stuff you do on there is fantastic as well. Uh, so we're we're proud of you. We're rooting for you, and I appreciate you taking some some time today. I know Nazareth is is over the moon. Uh, you as, you know, the golden boy. So we appreciate that. And we appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk to us today. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to get back to the Valley. I'll probably be back. Well, probably the next time we'll be back, we'll be bringing my, uh, my, my baby yeah. with the family. So we'll we have some baptisms. So I'll be back this fall. So I'll be getting yep. the turkey Schwartzy as soon as I land. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Joe, appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. And uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, George. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you again to Joe Kovacs. That was great. It's, it's always amazing to talk to people who are from the Lehigh Valley, are conquering the world, but really still have a love for the area they grew up in. It's amazing. And we wish him all the best as he goes on. The Lehigh Valley supporting you, Joe. Thank you so much. Speaking of the Lehigh Valley, you want to go to lehighvalleymadepossible.com just to learn more about the area in general. If you're looking to move here, if you have questions, even if you already live here and you're just looking for more information about all the wonderful things that go on here, hit them up. Again, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Club in South Bethlehem. And of course, Michael Bernadine with Remax Realty. Find Mike, get all the links in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll chat with you next time.